0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to 2020 Psych. I'm one of your hosts, Claire Kay, and I'm joined today by my father. I'll go ahead and let him introduce himself.
1: Hello, my name is Dr. Hernandez. I'm a double board certified psychiatrist.
0: Thank you guys so much for tuning in to last week's episode about COVID-19 and giving the vaccine to children. I hope you guys um, enjoyed. We'll be providing more information about what the trials for... Kids, um, we're looking like as that comes out.
1: So we we re- we read a survey recently in regards to the incidence of uh, mental health disorders during the pandemic, as opposed to the rates of mental health in this, uh, pre-pandemic. And there were some sort of interesting findings. Among them were that the rates of Anxiety and depression uh, went up significantly uh, fourfold among people that did not suffer from mental illness prior to the pandemic. What was sort of interesting is that those patients that already were suffering from mental illness, that their symptoms of mental illness did not increase as significantly as those that did not have a prior existing mental illness before the pandemic started. So what's interesting about that finding is that it seems as if patients that were suffering from uh, mental illness prior to the pandemic, despite this, they were able to sort of cope better during the pandemic um, in sort of suggesting that they were more resilient to um, the effects of the stress that was brought on by this whole ordeal, which is interesting, because when we when we spoke about the effects of COVID nineteen on the mental health population during the pandemic and at the start of the pandemic, our sense was that because many of our patients are homeless, that they were going to be probably a little more resistant uh, um, from an uh, an infectious disease perspective, they were going to be more resistant to, to the effects of COVID-19. And I think for the most part, that really did play out. But we didn't address how they were going to be uh, from their mental illness perspective.
0: And do you have your thoughts on why, going back to you said that people with mental illness already, the rates haven't as jumped as high as people who didn't suffer from mental illness prior to the pandemic. Why do you think that is? Because I had, you know, I had my theory that um, people that have suffered prior to the pandemic from mental illness are more aware of themselves and know how to cope because they've been um, kind of forced to do some introspection and look inward pre-pandemic due to the nature of whatever mental illness they have. So that that's what I thought, but I'd like to hear what you think.
1: Well, I think that is accurate to a certain extent that our patient population is resilient to They've been suffering from, many of them from severe mental illness for a significant amount of times in in their life, and so their ability to adjust, to cope, uh, is very good. Uh, And that's something that I've always admired among our our patient population. So it's not entirely too surprising. That they were able to sort of a, not get so uh, stressed out or sick during the, during this time, and that's to say that they did face barriers like everybody else did, of course, um, such as access to care. Uh, they were no longer able to go to the clinics. A lot of them had to do telehealth, telepsychiatry, and many of them didn't don't really have those capabilities. So it was it, it, many of them went essentially untreated during. Um, or have gone untreated for most of the pandemic.
0: And so that sh- it, that poses challenges within itself. But how do you think now you brought up the statistic that people have been you brought up the statistic of of people who have now have increased feelings of anxiety, depression um that didn't suffer for, from it before? We have so we have that data, and how of those adults, how many do you think are actually going to seek treatment, and how many adults do you think go untreated that suffer from mild depression, depression, and anxiety?
1: Well, I think that because more people are suffering from mental, it's going to sort of challenge and and stress out the uh, the mental health providers that. There are, there's already a tremendous shortage, and it's going to tax them even further when we have this new set of uh, patients that are going to be seeking services. So it's, it's going to be, I think, uh, really difficult for it, it, our existing mental health system to be able to absorb this new wave of patients that that will probably be uh, at some point coming to, to for, for help. So that's definitely going to be something that... Um, Public health policymakers are going to have to consider.
0: And in terms of what do you, because you, I guess I'll shift this now to with things are starting to open up again. Disney got the okay to open up their park on April 1st if they feel ready. And people have been feeling as though we're going to have a normal summer. And Biden also just announced that he wants to inoculate. Um, adults 18 and above by May. So, I guess I bring that up to say, do you think we're going to see increased social anxiety amongst um, adults when they are entering back into social circles? You know, uh, of course, you know, some people haven't really been social distancing this whole time. So, I'm sure things are just normal to them. But for those that have been inside the majority of the year, what do you think? entering social life again looks like.
1: It's going to be interesting. As you know, what we're starting to hear is uh, there's a lot of remorse and regret from people that didn't uh, take the necessary precautions that were recommended by the CDC. Uh, many people thought they were, quote, social butterflies, end of quote, and that they were unable to uh, maintain a bubble, to respect the quarantine. But a lot of those... Uh, people that became infected and suffered losses, such as loved ones and so forth, they're expressing a lot of guilt and remorse for not having been a little more careful because they've been devastated now by the consequences of some of their actions that has resulted in some of their loved ones dying. So we're getting that, which is, of course, just really... Uh, I'm not, not entirely new, but I think we're seeing a lot of people that are expressing those those sort of sentiments so um as as far as uh getting back into regular society social settings there may be some social anxiety as as you're pointing out because it's gonna be a readjustment period, and I think that it's gonna have some effects on people's uh anxiety levels for sure.
0: I was thinking about there was on Instagram a uh, live act, not a live action. I was uh, like a music festival is supposedly going to happen in Vegas this year, like in September. And I was just thinking about this possibility of some people with that attend experiencing like PTSD like symptoms and maybe even panic attacks being in crowds again, do you think we'll see like increased instances of panic attacks or something in public settings?
1: Well, it's interesting that you mentioned that because I I hadn't really given that a consideration. But I think that people that have those sort of pre-existing anxieties, if you will, are going to sort of exclude themselves from putting themselves in that situation. Though you never know, I think people... May become a little anxious being in a in a in a big setting like that, particularly those that that were in a in a bubble that they that they did in fact uh, isolate. They may find it a little unsettling to suddenly be in such a uh, a situation where they're not really sure if everyone's vaccinated and what the risk of getting infected is. So I could see that that really rattling some people's uh, nerves.
0: And then I want to follow up on what we spoke about last week with kids and the vaccines? Have the studies come out yet or are you still waiting for those?
1: The, stu- the trials are still being conducted. It'll be a few more weeks before we get any results. So it'll be curious to see um, what those uh, show. Though again, we must repeat that. Thank goodness that kids were sort of spared from the, the, the worst devastating effects of the virus.
0: And for the Johnson and Johnson one, I've there's increased speculation. what i what I find is really interesting is that with the moderna and Pfizer, people had their suspicions with the vaccine, but it's seemingly like with the Johnson and Johnson specifically, there's just increased backlash against the idea of Johnson and Johnson distributing. A vaccine, and do you think there's like, what do you think there's validity in that, or why do you think that is compared to the other two big pharma's? Like, because seemingly, what's the difference between all three of them? They're, you know, what, what do you what are your thoughts on that?
1: Well, I think that the the Johnson and Johnson vaccine did go through rigorous trials as well, and it's safe and it's FDA approved and it's available now. So. Uh, if you have a cho- some some people will not have a choice. Still, that that will be the only one that's available. And so the the recommendation from the CDC is that take whichever one is available to you. Uh, and if you have uh, a chance to pick, then if a family member's had one, say a Pfizer, and it, they didn't have any adverse effects to it, then it may it may be a good idea to go with that same one, just because of the jemid. Every if you share the the same genetic makeup as your, of course, as your relative, then there's if they didn't have anything bad happen to them, the chances are that you're probably not going to have anything bad happen to you either. So, uh, but if whatever vaccine is available to you, it's recommended that you you just get the one that's offered to you.
0: And I also want to bring a call back to. When we spoke about treating COVID patients that have suffered um, delirium, have you been seeing any more of that, or any new symptoms that COVID patients have been experiencing in regards to mental illness? Have you been treating more, or has that kind of subsided?
1: Well, thank goodness the surge is over since the start of the year, and the numbers, at least in in Southern California have been coming down substantially, so we're not seeing uh, those patients uh, with COVID. And uh, we saw our share, though, of uh, patients that were confused, disoriented, uh, delirious because of the COVID pneumonia. And there's instances of patients that developed nuances of psychotic symptoms that didn't have a preexisting mental illness that have be- that were that became psychotic after they were exposed to COVID. And some have developed panic symptoms. And there's a myriad of symptoms that others are reporting that have resulted that, that were sort of unexpected uh, findings uh, with the the COVID infection.
0: When you become psychotic, are those cases only temporary? They go away after a certain period of time? Or is that something that was like a long, per- long form of a side effect of COVID?
1: From personal experience, we had too few patients to, to make generalizations um, but at least the two patients that that I that I treated they were they were psychotic for almost two weeks and it was uh, a challenge to uh, to stabilize them uh, and the, there aren't big numbers of patients that have been reported there's some case studies so it's hard to make a big conclusion but they were psychotic and, and, and challenging to treat for sure.
0: So do you think they should put some more emphasis on the mental health effects in regards to COVID patients, or <clears throat> are they doing all they can with the moment?
1: Well, I think people are still st- trying to study this because uh, what the patient that, one of the patients that we treated had been exposed uh, to COVID and august and she didn't experience psychotic symptoms till october so we want to see if there's going to be some lingering after effects so it's just hard to tell because again this is a sort of it's really new and no one really knows what's going to happen with this
0: that's going to go ahead and wrap up this week's episode of 2020 psych thank you guys so much for listening please remember to social distance keep your bubbles as small as possible and wear your mask Thank you guys for listening and I hope you have a great day wherever you are.